0: Uh uh-huh I just feel like I've been around the block ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock look at the view from the top Mm. researching rookies a lot no I just be listening to pods yeah one in particular I'm just a messenger let me just pass on the rock Uh. browning, brunning, bruning pronouncing ain't what he's doing what he's doing is not losing but infusing you with new things and there's Dennis the Bennett yeah
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is a Monday. Dennis and I have checked in and uh, so far it has checked out. Neither of us has blown an ACL yet. Can't say the same for a lot of players out there. It was a tough weekend between curious finishes and a battery of injuries. How did you weather the storm, Dennis?
2: Well, I was close to blowing an ACL on Saturday. It was family family fall fun day, and we went out to an eight-acre corn maze. They had a pumpkin patch, uh, a pumpkin cannon where we could shoot pumpkins far into the field, a uh, little laser tag. So we let my 11-year-old bring a friend, and they're off playing laser tag. My 17-year-old brought his girlfriend, and they're off trying not to get caught in the corn maze. And my wife and I are just hanging around, and we see the two little ones over playing laser tag. And she's like, oh, we should go in there. And the girl heard us, and she's like, oh, well, you can go around. And what it was kind of bordered by uh, corn, they had cut it out into uh, about a 75-square-foot section. It had the big round hay bales in it. So I'm like, cool. We go around the side. We sneak in. We're behind this big old hay bale. And the boys move over. We move up one. And I decide I'm going to go out and make a run for it. Well, you know, those big old hay bales and around ones, they're wrapped with this plastic stuff and it kind of comes off. And about my third step, this plastic is laying out there in the dirt, grabs my left foot like it lassoed me like I was it was like I was a steer and it slammed me into the ground. I mean, I didn't even have time to get my hands down. I kind of hit the corner of my eye. If I wasn't fat, I'd have hit my
1: face. This is why I don't participate in these kind of organized athletics. We, it was harrowing enough for us trying to do trunk or treat and, like, gale force wind here. It was not organized. We were just running in a field, and God and gravity said, hey, old man, watch this. I almost <clears throat> fell over on the. Sunday this you know this is really adding to our demo. We had a high wind warning and they sincerely meant meant it. It was like 60 to 70 mile an hour gusts coming off the mountain straight down. Well of course, I have these metal handicap placards I have to put on the parking meters on Sunday morning. I'm out there trying to do it. I got like a face full of wood chips and like almost bailed down over and dumped all these metal things on myself. So it was not our best weekend. Maybe that was a metaphor for what was happening uh, in some of these games because I would say more than one of these big-time veteran quarterbacks uh, slipped on the plastic and fell face first in these games. We will – get to some of those big ones in a moment, but we'll start with one of the games that actually featured a good performance, and that was the Bengals winning 35-17 to 17 over the Falcons. We'll get to uh, Super Joe Burrow in a minute, but on the Falcons' side, 3-4, and four, probably a little bit better than we were suspecting coming into the season. They're actually still tied for first in their division, but should we be worried at all about drake london and kyle pitts london one reception for nine yards Pitts three receptions still only nine yards granted the falcons only completed eight passes on sunday but is it worrying to see these kind of fantasy receivers putting up these numbers
2: so yes yes it is i mean what the flip arthur smith is all i got to say i mean The Falcons trailed for 91% of the snaps, something to that effect. They, they were trailing and yet they still only threw 13 passes in the entire game. I get it. Marcus Mariota is a good runner. I mean, but did, did Cordero Patterson mean that much to that passing game and that offense that, you know, he won't, I mean, it's, I, I just don't get it. I mean, they only ran 47 plays to cincinnati's 68 and it and honestly i don't think cincinnati was like they weren't trying to run up the score i mean they they could have they, they, they were just running an actual 70. nfl
1: offense
2: <laughs> i mean they probably could have scored 70 it just was i, I don't know maybe arthur smith's going to be a two and done
1: you know I, I know Matt likes Tyler Algier and had some hopes and I was kind of hopeful about him too, but the his yards per carry production has been pretty dreadful. Yeah, he's least. not efficient. I mean their offensive line isn't great. No. Uh,
2: and I, I don't think I don't think we were expecting, you know, Nick Chubby and type of, you know, six yard per carry kind of from Algier. I'd settle for three and a half or four though but i i also don't think we were expecting that if they were going to be behind by two touchdowns they were just going to keep you know
1: plodding into the middle of the line i mean you got to do something more i mean they only had 13 pass attempts 8 of 13 is not a terrible percentage it really the lion's share of their offense came on the one play by demir bird for 75 in a touchdown yep On the flip side, you know, Cincinnati looked like a team that had the uh, the archetype of a Super Bowl hangover in week one. uh, Turned the ball over a number of times. We're having trouble keeping the line together, but slowly they seem to be figuring it out. They're now four and three and we got the offense. I think we were expecting we were going to see on Sunday. Burrow throwing for almost 500 yards, accounting for four total touchdowns. You had. Uh, Boyd and Chase go over 100 yards. Higgins was pretty close, 93 yards, a lot of touchdowns. Are the Bengals looking more like the kind of AFC title contender we thought they might be?
2: I I think they are. The offensive line is coming together. The defense is playing pretty well. Um, You know, the last, granted, they played Atlanta this week and only threw the ball 13 times. And so we're we're not hearing a lot of... uh, toasted Eli apple fritter jokes. Um, so the, their defense in general has been playing pretty well and they can score with anybody. And if the offensive line keeps getting better, it's just going to probably the biggest shortfall in their game right now is rushing efficiency. Cause while Mixon is getting the touches, you know, at 17 carries. He only had 58 yards on those carries. You know, he's got to start to produce a little bit more. And I don't know if I, I'm just not sure what that is, that he's not able to to get
1: more out of the, the running game uh, than he is. Fortunately for the Bengals, it seems like everyone in the AFC North is a little enigmatic. On to a game that I'm sure will hurt your heart. I know uh, we'll get to one that will hurt my heart later if it makes you feel better. But the Dallas Cowboys uh, come with Dak's return and get a 24-6 win over the Lions. Dennis, the Lions had the number one offense in football through four weeks. They put up a goose egg against the Patriots coming out of a bye week. Weren't able to do a lot better. Is it just a matter of too many injuries for this offense? I think it is. You know, they've been without – DeAndre
2: Swift, uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown missed some time, and then he was back this week. He immediately got dinged up, and after the first couple plays, uh, he ended up with what? What did he do? Uh, I think he only had one catch for four yards. Yeah, and then he went out, and he he didn't get a concussion, but he was wobbly. And with the new rules, like he he wasn't diagnosed with a concussion, but because he had the, the motor skills issue. He was ruled out for the rest of the game. I'm okay if they err on the side of caution. Um, but then Josh Reynolds didn't step up and do anything either. I mean, Jared Goff was 21 of 26. He was super efficient. He just, 228 yards, didn't get it in the end zone. Um, lots of passes to tight ends. So it was, you know,
1: they just didn't. This doesn't have any weapons, though, because Sharks on... Sharps and yeah, St. Brown you know, went down. Josh Reynolds was beat up. It looked like Khalif Raymond was wide receiver one for them. He was. Five catches for 75 yards. And then Brock Wright, everybody's favorite tight end, four for 57. I am going to be excited if they can get Swift and St. Brown back on track and they can actually get Jamison Williams to make a debut. I'd like to – I hope we get to see at least a few games of what this offense can do because – It seems like they're putting a lot of blame on Jared Goff lately, and I don't think Goff is their biggest or only problem.
2: None of those – Goff nor Swift nor any of those guys play defense.
1: Yeah. Well, speaking of which – You know, the final score makes this seem like a little more handily of a victory than it was. This was 10-6 into the fourth quarter with the Lions having a chance to actually take the lead before, surprisingly, Jamal Williams coughed it up in the red zone. Dak coming back, facing the the number 32 ranked defense for yards and points. We thought he was going to be throwing it around, but kind of a more... Conservative game, 19 of 25, 207 yards, does get a passing touchdown uh, to Hendershot, and I think we all called that. Um, You know, C.D. Lamb caught a couple, got four for 70, got a few to Noah Brown, a few to Schultz, surprisingly zero to Michael Gallup. What did you think of Dak in his return? Do you think they are kind of keeping that formula they used so effectively with Cooper Rush? Uh,
2: I I just think he was a little bit rusty to start out with. I expected them to run the ball like they did, so I I wasn't I wasn't terribly surprised that because I felt like they could handle Detroit, so they weren't going to be throwing the ball forty times. That just wasn't what I expected. Uh, I honestly I expected Zeke to probably be closer to twenty carries than the fifteen that he had. Just because I didn't think that Detroit would be able to contain the running running game. You know, Pollard had 83 yards. He did what he does. Um, and Zeke had the two touchdowns. So they both produced, but Zeke didn't get a target. And uh, let's see, Pollard had two for 26. So they both were very productive. I think we're into a um, situation in that Dallas backfield where both of them are startable.
1: Yeah, I mean Zeke does seem like the better option in the in the red zone, but he hasn't been quite as efficient. On to a big matchup in the AFC South, the Tennessee Titans win 19-10 over the Indianapolis Colts, getting the season sweep of that matchup, vaulting them not only back into first place in the South, but giving them that really important tiebreaker. For the Colts, it was another tough game for Matt Ryan. He had a couple of really bad picks, including one that was returned for a touchdown, ends up 33 of 44, 243 yards, a touchdown. Those two interceptions was on his backside quite a bit. He has a bit of a shoulder itch issue, but he was benched today, and Frank Reich says it's permanent and not because of injury they are going to give Sam Ellinger a look. What do you think of the move, and more importantly, this is not the first time seemingly the Colts have placed their blame on quarterback issues under Frank Reich's tenure. Is it time for him to start feeling the heat under his seat i I think so. I mean, it's,
2: every year it's the quarterback. I mean. Hey, I need this quarterback. Kobe Brissett
1: wasn't good enough. Phillip (laughs) Rivers was not good enough. Let's ship Carson Wentz to Washington. He may not have been wrong totally about those, but you got to wonder. Yeah, it's –
2: you know, I I feel like the way Brady's playing, the way Rodgers is playing, the way Russ is playing, um, Matt Ryan, uh, for better or worse, I think we're seeing a changing of the guard. And, uh, you know, there's – Going to be some spots open up that I, I don't think uh, uh, we have replacements for. What is that? They say, What is it that ab- power something
1: abhors a vacuum? Well, that- and, uh, you know, Bruning continuously says he only thinks there's really two good quarterback prospects in this class, which should right. give a lot of these teams a moment of pause. We thought 2020 draft was, or 2021 draft was quarterback rich and then exactly panned out.
2: Yeah, I, I think that we're going to have, there's going to be some quarterback roulette going on next year. Uh, as far as the Colts go, I think Reich and Ballard both are probably going to feel some heat because, as we've seen in the past, uh, Jim Ursay is not necessarily the most uh, stable of owner when it comes to decision making. It's been nice to see Paris Campbell kind of, I guess, his production start to match his. Um, playing time, you know, he's been playing a, around 90 percent or more of snaps most of the season. But he was having games with only two or three targets and just not doing anything. In the last couple times, he has been uh, putting up some numbers. I guess the question I would ask with um, with Ellinger coming in, Matt Ryan has thrown 37 or more passes in six of seven games. Are they going to change the game land now that they're putting Ellinger in? Because the offensive line didn't get any better. Wow. Um, the running backs are still who they are, and they didn't seem to want to use them when they had a quote-unquote veteran quarterback. Um, I mean,
1: even yesterday they only gave Jonathan Taylor 10 carries. Well, my other question, it's not great the Colts lost that game, but they're still only 3-3-1, three, three and one, which isn't – horrendous given everything i forgot they went and paid to put nick Foles on this team too it feels like the we're moving permanently to see what we've got, in sam ellinger is the kind of thing you do if you're giving up yeah so i i don't understand what's happening i have been suspicious i've mentioned before of, of frank reich and and his coaching and we know bruning there's no love, no great love for Frank Reich. I think this could easily be the end if they miss the playoffs. Could this
2: be like the last three years? Be just the biggest waste of a talent in Jonathan
1: Taylor, and God knows how long. I mean, arguably a lot of the Colts team because that offensive line has degraded. But when, when luck retired, they, I think they had all the pieces to be a Super Bowl contender and they have not even come close to sniffing that kind of success on the flip side. You know, we, we thought the Titans were going to take a bit of a dip, but here they are four and two having swept away the Colts and seemingly in great position to make the playoffs. Again, they're not super impressive, especially from a fantasy standpoint. I don't think you want any pieces of the passing game, but Derek Henry's still doing his thing and grinding away have we been underrating the Titans?
2: So if I could do a Liam Neeson impersonation of Mike Vrabel doing a Liam Neeson impersonation, he would say, I play a very particular type of football. Because that's what they do. They grind it out. They hammer it with De- Derrick Henry. They've got a six foot three, two 250-pound battering ram. And now that he's seemingly healthy again – they're back to doing what it is that they do, and that's hammer Derek Henry thirty times. And now they're getting Henry even some uh, passing. He caught three passes for ten yards for fantasy, adding, added an extra four points to go along with one hundred and twenty-eight yards rushing. You know, you're you're gonna take that. Uh, I think that offense, um, for d- despite the ups and downs in the early season. They miss Traylon Burks. I mean, they don't miss him as much as they miss AJ Brown, but they miss Traylon Burks.
1: Yeah, I think they miss something. So we'll see. I I think they are going to end up making the playoffs because their division is what we thought their division was, and they look they still look like they're doing their thing. You're right. Yeah. They play a very particular brand of football. In one of the more surprising games of the day, it might have been the most surprising, if not for the one we're about to talk about after it, but the Washington Commanders get a 23-21 win over the Green Bay Packers. Dennis, all the talk throughout the week was that the Packers need to run the ball more and they need to focus on Aaron Jones more, and that resulted in a very close game where the Packers had a total of 12 rushing plays, eight for Aaron Jones, four for A.J. Dillon. Aaron Jones did get nine passes for 53 and a couple passing touchdowns. Meanwhile, rookie wide receiver Romeo Dubs was held without a catch um, inexplicably. This offense does not look good. What do they need to do, and can they even manage to do it?
2: So you, you know, we like to talk about how Aaron Rodgers is this very cerebral guy, super smart. You know, have you read uh, the Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell? Because I feel like we're at a stage in Aaron Rodgers' career um, where the only guy he had the ten thousand hours with was Randall Cobb, and and um, so sure. that's the only guy that he's comfortable with, that he knows, knows what he's going to do. Cobb knows what he's going to do. He knows what Cobb's going to do. And, and I think that it shows with guys like Dobbs and Torre and Rogers and even Sammy Watkins, who's a veteran, um, that he's just not able to make the connections with them. He, he isn't hitting them in stride. He's throwing it a little too far. Um, he's throwing it a little behind him. The, the plays just aren't getting made, and I just don't know that. I, I think it's good. I, I think Dobbs is done for the season, honestly. I think the last couple games, uh, I think Rodgers will throw to him when he has to, but if he doesn't have to, he's not going out of his way. Uh, to-
1: Lazard, one of the only guys he still has a connection with, got banged up in this game and hurt a hip. So if he ends up missing time, I don't know.
2: I mean, even Tunyon was only three for four for 32. So it was, I, I mean, like I said, I I think we're seeing some of these guys. I get that the money is great and you're competitive, but, you know, maybe you just
1: hung around a little bit too long. It, does, it does seem like, you know, Rogers has made overtures the last couple of off seasons that he's close to the end. Maybe yeah, the yeah. Packers are wise to keep holding Jordan Love even if he hasn't gotten to play much because the quarterback market and landscape doesn't look good. Yeah, it's it's going to be a hot mess uh, going into next year. Speaking of hot messes, Washington Commanders, they get that win 23-21. There was a lot of talk after the game that – Mr. Taylor Heineke, who is 20 of 33 for 201 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception, is the answer that the commanders have been searching for at quarterback. I feel like this came up last year, and, and the answer was no by the end of the year. But right. are the commanders really better with Heineke? You know, I don't know.
2: It's I don't think they're better long term. They're, they may be better for a game or two or three, but you know they need Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson and Curtis Samuel. Um, you know Terry McLaurin had a good game finally, seventy-three yards and a touchdown. So, a lot of it comes down to can they play a balanced offense uh, if they're not forced to throw it a ton. You know they only threw it thirty-three times. Um, they ran it, what, 36, uh, not counting Heineke. So that's that was a pretty balanced game. I think they can win like that because their defense isn't terrible. They've got some good pieces on defense, and if they can get Chase Young back to go with those guys, that's going to give them uh, an extra boost. I don't know if it's too late or not. I'd still like to see Sam Howell um, because – At this point in his career, I think we know what and who Heineke is. And if he's your answer,
1: I'm not sure what question you've asked. In all seriousness, though, do you think Ron Rivera would even consider? I, I don't get the sense that Ron Rivera thinks he's out of anything, even though they're pretty far behind the rest of their division. You know, delusion is good for all of us. Speaking of delusion, the biggest surprise of the day and the award winner for Wet Fart Game Week 7 was the Carolina Panthers revealing to us that apparently it was Christian McCaffrey holding them back as they get a 21-3 win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Dennis, on Friday I noted it made me nervous that the Buccaneers were 10 and a half point favorites, but we had kind of agreed seemingly that it, it felt like getting to play the Panthers was a get right game for some of these ailing offenses. Well, nothing got right for Tampa Bay. Is it time to have some legitimate panic about a team that's now three and four and seems to have lost the ability to score? You know, I don't know that they lost the ability
2: to score, but that drop that Evans had, it broke the buccaneers and brady it broke me too let me be honest in in a way that i am just not used to i mean i i expect so much more mental fortitude from brady and from the buccaneers and i don't know if that was bruce arians and his we can do it because i say so bravado kind of approach to things or what it was but to have Mike Evans that wide open, I mean, two years ago, if that happens, they just do it again and hit it the second time. Like, it's like, not, I'm not like literally, they just go back to the huddle, call the same play and score on the next play and say, see, told you. And now they just don't seem to have. They don't I don't know if it's they don't believe in Todd Bowles or they don't believe in Byron Leftwich. Um or they've all looked around and realized shit, we're old. What
1: are we doing? Because the, the Leftwich thing is a good question because he was a really hot potential head coaching candidate. A lot of people were surprised he didn't get a job this offseason and I bet he wishes he would have taken one if if they would have offered it to him.
2: I I think he, yeah. I mean, because it's it's not looking good, and now, I mean, I suppose he could go in and say, well, you know, that was that was Tom Brady, you know, running his stuff. So,
1: I mean, you you almost have to wonder at this point in time, if it, you have a couple more losses, do you actually try to see what you have in like a Kyle Trask? I I don't. To me, I don't think that's
2: something you do with Tom Brady. Um, I think you lose the team. I think right now, you know, we've seen Lenny check out. Um and he so I'd be
1: checked out right now based on I, I it,
2: he he's definitely standing at the door looking around and, and making a decision, I think. You know, and then when we've got games like yesterday, you know, Rashad White had eight opportunities to Lenny's eleven. White had a season high forty-three percent snap share. Um, I, I think that it's a situation to, to definitely keep an
1: eye on there. Yeah, it's not looking good. On the flip side, uh, Deonta Foreman and Chuba Hubbard look decent uh, as the backfield duo there for Carolina. But I want to talk about P.J. Walker for a minute. We have made jokes about the Carolina quarterback situation. Baker Mayfield had not looked like it; he was it. We hadn't seen great things from Sam Darnold last year. We've been joking there waiting for him to come back. Could But could it actually be – P.J. Walker, that's the guy. There was a lot of comments after this win that, that he might have played himself into getting the job for a while. Um, it looked like he remembered that D.J. Moore was on their team, which is a good start. Yeah, you, you
2: can't go wrong there. Um, I don't know if he's the answer. I don't know if they have the answer. But I, I, I'm pretty sure we know what Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold are. And right now, I suppose I would rank them Walker, Darnold, Mayfield. Um, but I feel like P.J. Walker, you know, he's he's Cinderella's pumpkin carriage. I feel like he's got a limited time before he's a pumpkin again. He's Same thing as Taylor Heineke. Maybe he makes it through the rest of the season. I don't disagree with Steve Wilkes that P.J. Walker has earned the opportunity to start games. Um,
1: you know, I'm as long still as- bummed Matt Corral got injured because this would have been the ideal circumstance where he would have gotten to go.
2: Yep. Well, and then you, when you've got uh Foreman and Hubbard playing the way they did, I mean, Foreman put up 118 yards, Hubbard 63 yards and a touchdown. Granted, Foreman was buoyed by a 60 yard run,
1: um, but the running game looked better than it has all year. And I don't know. I hope that speaks more to Tampa Bay than to – although, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Uh, you know, I called this as one of my upsets of the week. I don't know why the New York Giants at 5-1 and one were considered underdogs playing the 2-4 for jacksonville jaguars but they came away with the 23 to 17 win uh kind of grinding it out the same way they have all season daniel jones 19 to 30 202 yards a touchdown no interceptions also ran for 107 yards and a touchdown could daniel jones actually end up being the answer here for the giants
3: Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And, as an added bonus for Week 1, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple, bet on an NFL team to win, if your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is T-P-P-N, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code TP. PN only at Draft Book, Sports Book, DraftKings Sportsbook, Book, and official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details.
2: When you look at the landscape out there and where um, New York is currently projected to pick, I, I'm going to take Daniel Jones over Will Levis or Alex Van Dyke or Anthony Richardson or Hendon Hooker, probably. Um, you know we we've seen Brian Dayball work wonders with Josh Allen and his accuracy, and whatever Dayball is doing with Daniel Jones, um, you know the the game plan is working. Uh, I like what he's getting done there. I mean, it helps to have Saquon Barkley, and it'll be super nice if they get some wide receivers. You know, Bellinger got banged up at tight end, and he's been playing great. Yeah, and they, then
1: they said he's. Looks like he's going to have to have surgery for a fractured orbital. We'll probably oh, miss some time.
2: That's rough. You know, and they, they cut Ricky Seals-Jones in the offseason.
1: The only constant for Daniel Jones seems to be if he finds a receiver he likes, they either get hurt or cut. Right. But he has gotten something. You know, I thought wando had another decent showing, 6 for 50. And he's got something going again with Darius Slayton. Just when you, I was all the way out, Darius Slayton trying to pull me all the way back in.
2: You know they they have. You know I picked up Marcus Johnson to start in some desperation spots, uh, and while Johnson the snap count was there, the targets he had, I think four targets, or uh, I think he he didn't convert any of them. But I think Wandale. Let's see where, what's my note on Wandale. He's seasoned the slot role. Eight hundred and thirty-five of his snaps have been there. Second on the team in routes run yesterday. So I think Rondale has or Rondale Wandale has taken over that old Wandale
1: Rondale.
2: Same difference. One's good, one's not. Um, I think Wandale Robinson has has taken that slot role. Marcus Johnson plays that big blocking wide receiver role that's going to get some work. And Darius Slayton is the deep threat. And then you've got David Sills that's like your jack of all trades, number four. So they've turned into a capable wide receiver core that is better than the sum of its parts. And as a whole, they they really do a nice job.
1: I'm still hoping at some point Kenny Galladay comes back to life in some way because I don't understand what happened.
2: I have so written that dude off. Him and him
1: and Kadarius Tony are off making rap rap records, I guess. On the flip side, you know James Robinson was hot to start the season, we've seen more and more work shift to Travis Etienne over the last few weeks. But then we get to Week Seven. Etienne, fourteen carries, gets one hundred fourteen yards, a touchdown, also one brutal uh, fumble. Jermichael Hasty got a carry. James Robinson didn't get a reception. Didn't get a carry. Is his value in fantasy kind of dead right now?
2: You know, I don't know if it's more a function of, you know, we see J.K. Dobbins and his knee not being fully right. We've seen Cam Akers and his knee not being fully right. And now Robinson, who looked like he started off good, but maybe that was, you know, smoke and mirrors. And, I would think he's probably having a little bit of knee issue as well. The three of them had were, um, Achilles issue because um, uh, Robinson and uh, Akers had the Achilles and then uh, Dobbins yeah. with the knee. So I, I think what it is is maybe they're just mentally they're a little bit ahead of the physical part of the game. And so they, they tried to do some things that they thought they – were ready for, and maybe they just weren't, and now it's added up. ETN is the explosive guy. We knew that coming in. We knew that if he got in space, he was going to make a lot of stuff happen. But if Robinson isn't upholding his end of the deal, uh, we always knew ETN was going to get the bigger share, and and as long as he produced, he'd be able to keep it. I, I think Robinson right now, if... If you're in a redraft league, he's he's cuttable. You shouldn't be rostering him right now. Um, I think you end up chasing points with Robinson the the rest of the season. You cut him. He has a good game. He's on waivers. You go get him. Maybe you start him. Maybe you don't. Uh, He doesn't do much. You cut him to pick up somebody else. He has an okay game, puts up some points. Somebody else picks him up. You know, I, I think that's the cycle we're going to have with Robinson for the rest of this season.
1: Yeah, the play calling it was definitely weird, too, in a game that was pretty close and, in fact, that the Jaguars were leading for quite a while. Only 14 carries for ETN and one for hasty. They had a couple of receivers get trick plays, you know, and Lawrence had four, but that was more scrambles. They, they didn't commit to running a lot. I, I'm kind of with you unless I knew Travis Etienne was injured and was going to miss. I don't think I'd feel comfortable starting Robinson anymore because we've seen that production kind of decline. He had a couple of big plays and touchdowns early that buoyed some of his success.
2: I think with Robinson, too, the thing to, to watch for is if Etienne keeps putting the ball on the ground.
3: Yeah, you know, but
2: I, I don't think you can start him w- in the hopes that
1: ETN fumbles and gets benched. On to another game that was a, a little more confounding and sad than we expected, and that was the Ravens with a 23-20 to win over the Cleveland Browns. Dennis Donovan Peoples-Jones catches six passes for 71 yards. We've seen him have some decent games. How are you feeling about him for fantasy? Well...
2: Six of seven games, he's played over 83% of the snaps, and he's had five or more targets in five of seven weeks. So Brissette likes him as the second option in the wide receiver core. Uh, He's really the third option behind uh, Amari Cooper and David Njoku. With Njoku going out for a few weeks, uh, it'll be interesting to see, does Harrison Bryant step directly into that role? Or maybe Donovan Peoples-Jones steps up now and takes a bigger chunk of it. Uh, It's definitely a gamble worth taking to see because while Cleveland isn't winning games, uh, they definitely are um, giving some guys options to score some fantasy points. And Amari Cooper, David Njoku, and Nick Chubb, Are really the big three there. Uh, It'll be interesting to see, though, with Najoku out, where those targets go. And I could see them going, some of them going to
1: um, DPJ. On the flip side, it was not a great fantasy game for any of the Ravens that you were trying to play. You know, Mark Andrews had more carries, one, than receptions in that game, which tells you something. But we've talked about for a couple of weeks the Ravens trying to find something, get something going in the running game. And Gus Edwards comes off the pup list, returns to action, gets 16 carries, only 66 yards, so not incredible efficiency, but gets two touchdowns. Is he the answer, of to this Ravens backfield, though? You know, he's always
2: produced when they've given him an opportunity. Um, He doesn't catch the ball well. Uh, One target, no receptions. And I I think that I was surprised, honestly, that Kenyon Drake wasn't more productive. I I know Drake was productive last week. I feel like
1: it's shocking that Cleveland's rush defense, which had been shredded, Gave up all those carries and not much yardage.
2: Yeah, I, 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 you know, it, the split wasn't that bad. Edwards had 16, Drake had 11, Hill had five. Um, the, the snap percentage, uh, Hill was actually second. Edwards played 36.5 percent of the snaps, um, Hill 31.7, and Drake 25.4. So when Drake was in there, he was getting the ball. Uh, it just was—he uh,
1: wasn't in there that much. Yeah, it's interesting. I the Baltimore offense has not been quite as robust in any uh, sense. You know, it was kind of even, even for Lamar Jackson, he didn't have any touchdowns. Only had 59 rushing yards and 120 passing yards. Kind of a ho hum day for him.
2: Now, on the plus side, Andrews did, even though he
1: didn't have any catches, he did lead the team in routes run. Yes, that counts for something. Ho-Hum just about sums up the offensive philosophy for our next team, which is the Denver Broncos, who uh, came out at home and put up another scintillating nine-point effort in a 16-9 loss to the New York Jets. We'll get to my depressing Broncos in a minute, but first, Dennis, Brees Hall, he, he's been going great guns, and he had another good game. I thought he would. Got a huge 62-yard touchdown run, only gets 72 yards in a touchdown, only has four carries before leaving with a knee injury, which they said is a torn ACL and some meniscus damage. So, you know, Carter comes in, gets 29 yards on 13 carries, had uh, two receptions for 45 yards. Is it a good sign for him in the backfield? Uh, are you expecting good production? Uh,
2: I I think so. I mean, I think it'll be a timeshare. I think Ty Johnson will get some run. They're probably going to bring somebody else uh, in as a third third back. Uh, I don't know if they bring. At one times, up.
1: it mostly looked like your boy Braxton
2: Berrios was their third running. It, play. Well, this week he was. Um, I, I just think that. Carter's got to, he's got to prove himself to be more efficient. You can't run 13 for 29, um, but they liked Carter. They talked Carter up all off season uh, after he essentially won the job last year. Uh, I think Carter is a good two way back. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. Uh, I expect it probably to be a, you know, Carter's going to get 55 or 60% of the touches and then, couple other
1: backs are going to split the rest of them. The Jets are 5-2 and two at least. Um, I think it puts a lot more pressure, too, on Zach Wilson. We've not seen him have to do that much. He didn't do a ton yesterday either. Uh, doesn't take much to beat Denver these days on, on offense. Speaking of Denver, Russell Wilson sat out the game. Brett Ripon came in. I know there was a... Group of fans that thought Russell Wilson was the problem. But uh, Brett Rippin, nine points. Denver, no points in the second half. Looked uh, looked anemic on offense, as seemingly has been the case all season long. The Broncos now 2-5. and five. The guy that looked the best running the ball was probably Mike Boone, who naturally is injured and landed on IR today. Dennis, give me some hope. These Broncos are going to London to play the Jaguars. What do they do well? um you know they they have nice playing suits. they get penalties I mean they're still i believe leading the league in that so I guess you know it, it's a it's a tough
2: thing yeah uh Ripon certainly has eyes for Jerry Judy much like Kenny Pickett has eyes for George Pickens um Greg Dulcich had a decent game six for 51. <laughs> Um Cortland Sutton had good opportunities, even though he didn't convert. Uh I, I think there's opportunity there. I just don't know what it's gonna how it's gonna pan out. Seems like they struggle a little bit on the offensive line. Uh Rippen threw it 46 times, but only put up 225 yards and no touchdowns. So it. It's kind of a hot air offense, lots of bluster and uh, no substance.
1: Yeah. It's it's something. I think the last two games we've seen uh, Sutton come back to earth, too, because he's been drawing. He had J.C. Jackson uh, when they were playing the Chargers yesterday. He had Sauce Gardner all day. Um, I think that's why they went to, to Judy Moore. And, To Judy's credit, he actually caught a few passes, which uh, made me happy. But I think uh, we should start with the apologizing to London and probably to America right now because the exclusive window game to begin your Sunday, you may not need to wake up early to see Jaguars, Broncos in London. You could probably just sleep through it and catch, you know, the 20 seconds of highlights on Football Night in America. Is it going to be that many? (laughs) Probably not on the flip side, the Las Vegas Raiders who now surpassed the Broncos to move into third in the AFC West got the 38 to 20 home win over the Houston Texans. Dennis last year, Davis Mills was one of the more uh, uplifting stories of the season. He actually looked like he was doing pretty good, but this season where he's been the kind of unquestioned starter has been a little rougher. Houston's one, four and one. Now they seem to have found the running back that they're looking for in Damon Pierce, what do you think about Davis Mills? Are we getting close to the end of the Davis Mills era? I don't know. He, I mean, 28 for 41, that's
2: not terrible percentage, 302 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he had one interception. So it wasn't, you know, the numbers weren't terrible. You just that they didn't get in the end zone enough. And I think that's kind of part and parcel for a team that's young and, on the upswing, you know, they're definitely better than they were last year, even though the record might not show it. Um, You know, they'll, they'll get another infusion of talent uh, in next year's draft. I don't know if Davis Mills is the answer for them, but I think he's played. I mean, he's played better than Baker Mayfield and Carson Wentz. And, you know, Russell Wilson set I mean, that bar high man. He, he he's played better than a lot of guys. It it's just you know the the team has still has a significant amount of holes. Um Pierce I think is the guy 24 touches, 92 yards rushing, 25 receiving. Uh I I feel like it's a situation where they need to get a an Andre Johnson they need to get an alpha receiver. They need to get a couple stud playmakers on defense that, that can change the game
1: you know, with a sack or a turnover. Uh, and they'll Stay get them. in Dari Ogunbowale, who had five receptions for 54 yards to lead the team, isn't uh, the alpha receiver? Nope. It's it not. has been weird to see Brandon Cook's kind of, I don't know, come back to earth or –
2: I mean, Cooks just isn't, it's it's kind of what, he's not converting the, the big play. He's not getting the long touchdown. He's not, he's getting, you know, I, I think you probably want your number one receiver to have more than five targets, but it's kind of, I think Mills taking what the defense has given him and it's not like the they have a lot of other options that the, the defense needs to shut down
1: outside of, pearson cooks on the flip side we've seen josh jacobs be kind of a journeyman in the first couple of years to the point where the raiders did not pick up his fifth year option going into this season and boy i bet they are regretting that right now 20 carries 143 yards and three touchdowns yesterday also caught three passes for 12 yards it's a tough landscape at running back and we've seen josh jacobs just making the most of his opportunities is he a top 10 back the rest of the season I think so. He's sitting
2: at RB4 on the season right now. And I don't know if uh, McDaniels is doing the I'm going to ride this horse to the end of the year and set him free. Or if he's like, well, this is the best we got and this is how our offense is going to be structured and, and Jacobs is delivering. The real question will be at the end of the year You know what happens to Jacobs next year? Can he You know, put together two exceptional seasons in a row, or is next year going to be, you know, the new contract nagging injuries, uh, underperformance. Uh, But this year, you know, Jacobs is he's earning a new contract, whether it's from the
1: Raiders or whether it's from somebody else. He's out there. They're going to have to bid for it now. Another, you know, all four AFC West teams played uh, as the four afternoon games, and it was a real mixed bag for the division. We saw the Raiders get the win, the Broncos get the loss. Another loser in the AFC West was the Los Angeles Chargers, who will head into their bye week off a 37-23 loss to the Seattle Seahawks. Dennis, Geno Smith is cooking in a way that Russ can't seem to get done. Ken Walker is looking really good. The Seahawks are now all alone in first place in the NFC West, just like we all suspected after seven weeks. I know DK Metcalf dinged up his uh, patella tendon and is going to miss some time, but could the Seahawks actually win the NFC West?
2: Somebody's got to. I mean, <laughs> they can ride Geno Smith and, and Ken Walker as far as they'll go. The defense is playing pretty good. Um You know, it's one of those situations where uh, if nobody else does, somebody's got to. And, you know, they're playing well enough. You know, the goal is get to the playoffs, then anything can happen. You just got to – your job is to beat the teams they put in front of you to stack up enough wins to get
1: in there. Meanwhile, the – Seahawks could also be tracking to get a top 5 pick thanks to their trade with the Broncos. <laughs> On the flip side, what do the Chargers need to to do to get better? They're 4 and 3 now. It's been kind of an ugly 4 and 3. Mike Williams high ankle sprain's probably going to miss some time, but it could have been a lot worse. Although we haven't seen Keenan Allen do much since his own high ankle sprain. We thought the Chargers could be a Super Bowl contender. We just haven't seen it so far. What do they need to do coming off the bye? I think they need to be
2: get healthy, and, and honestly, I don't think the bye is enough. They've had some health issues on defense. Um, Keenan Allen has been out since the first week. Yesterday, I think, what did he play, 23 snaps or something, uh, was, yeah, not was not involved. I don't think he played in the second half. Honestly, I, it seemed like Keenan said during the week, That he shouldn't, that he wasn't expecting to play. And and the coach was like, yeah, get in there anyways. Now, Williams is probably going to be out four to eight weeks with the high ankle sprain. And that's an injury that just tends to linger. So it's probably going to affect him the rest of the season. Uh,
1: Josh Palmer is out. Um, You know, fire up DeAndre Carter. Here he goes. Plus J.C. Jackson, who is their best cover corner, yep, uh, blew his knee out. He did. He did. It's you know they. It,
2: I picked them to win the Super Bowl. I picked the Rams and the Chargers to go to the Super Bowl, with the Chargers to win, and the Rams are playing terribly, and the Chargers are just can't stay healthy. So, uh, yeah, I'm never picking
1: the Lions and the Browns based on this. Well, it's interesting we had all the you know all the expectations were for the western divisions both the AFC and the NFC seemed like they that's where everything was and surprise surprise it's been the, the, all the teams in the east even the NFC East that seemed to be getting it done another uh West versus West matchup was the Kansas City Chiefs heading into San Francisco to play the anointed one Christian McCaffrey and the 49ers and you know what the Chiefs looked just fine coming away with the 44 to 23 victory
2: oh, who, to picked a... them,
3: who
1: picked them to win on Friday I didn't did I
2: you get Kansas City yeah oh did I pick the 49ers then because I no, thought I think
3: was...
1: Matt I thought
2: have... you I thought you and Matt picked the same team and I, I thought you and oh, Matt picked the Niners I for I sure picked, picked the
1: Chiefs team. I thought the Niners were not gonna do well <laughs> and they did not um you know, we'll get to the Niners in a minute, but the big news before the game was uh, the report that came out Sunday morning that Isaiah Pacheco had spent all the the week prepping with the first team and was going to get the start over CEH. It ended up being more of a split. Pacheco getting eight carries, 43 yards. CEH got six for 32 and a touchdown. And it was really Nicole Hardman who had the biggest rushing day with his two rushing touchdowns. What do you make of the Chiefs' backfield, Dennis? It's a hot
2: damn mess. Um, Honestly, I think that it played out like it's been playing out. The Chiefs had a lead. uh, When it mattered, CEH played. Pacheco may have been out there for the first snap, but when it mattered, CEH played. And when they had the lead and were trying to grind it, Pacheco played. Um, But McKinnon played the most snaps but had the fewest touches. So yeah. it was kind of weird that way. See, Ceh seventeen snaps, seven touches, so a forty-one percent touch rate. Pacheco nineteen snaps, eight touches, forty-two percent touch rate, uh, and McKinnon twenty-eight snaps, five touches, only seventeen percent. It was it was just crazy that they it, you know Andy Reid hates our fantasy teams despite how many
1: fantasy points his guys score. Right. You had, you had to have felt good though at least seeing your good boy MVS get a couple of bombs, three receptions, 111 yards. You didn't get that touchdown, but that's the MVS you thought you were getting coming to Patrick Mahomes' town. What I want to know
2: is when did Patrick Mah- Mahomes' arm get shot? He underthrew that bomb so bad. I mean, MVS had three or four yards of separation. If Mahomes had had that ball out there, uh, well, he might have dropped it like like Evans did. Um, because we've seen that plenty. Uh, but the way it was underthrown,
1: he certainly wasn't going to turn it into a touchdown. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe he didn't realize how far out there PS was going to get. They're still finding their way together. Yeah, dude's fast. On the flip side, law was made of the big trade for, uh, for McCaffrey, the 49ers, saying basically they're going all in to try to win a Super Bowl. Their defense got cooked, which had been the best part of their team. Their offense was just all right. Christian McCaffrey, eight carries, 38 yards, caught one pass for 13 yards. We weren't expecting a huge day since he only had like a day and a half to work with his new team, but 49ers are three and four right now. What do we think of McCaffrey what do we think of the 49ers?
2: I think it's going to be beautiful. Um, It's not, it's not yet, but I I think that He's going to do things with that team that we've seen guys, you know, we've seen Jags perform exceptionally well in that offense. And I don't think McCaffrey is a Jag. I think McCaffrey is an exceptionally talented uh, running back. And I think once he learns the offense, I get it. Dude went to Stanford. You know, lots of people go to Stanford that are dumb as a box of rocks. Okay, so uh, and lots of smart people go to state schools. So let's not get too wrapped up in all of that stuff. Um, but he's he's good, and he's going to fit that offense really, really well. Uh, I think he's going to give them a weapon like they have not had, and provide them with with the type of explosiveness that. While Jeff Wilson and um, Elijah Mitchell when everything goes well they can take it all the way I think Christian McCaffrey can take it all the way when it breaks down
1: yeah I think McCaffrey's going to end up being fine for fantasy but here's my hot take I think the 49ers are going to miss the playoffs I just don't think they're playing that well and I, mean, I think it's week seven.
2: We've got literally 10 games to go.
3: I know in, in the
2: NFL. I mean, in fantasy, we've got seven games. In the
1: NFL, we got 10. On to the Sunday night game, the closer of the weekend, the Miami Dolphins coming away with a 16 10 victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kenny Pickett got cleared and made the start 32 of 44, 257 yards, got a touchdown. Also threw three interceptions. Dennis, what do you think of Kenny Pickett so far? Can't throw three interceptions
2: and one touchdown. I mean, he's got a connection with George Pickens. They look really good. He Ten targets to Deontay Johnson. He knows where his bread is buttered. Um, I think his accuracy needs to improve a little bit. There are some, some throws he's making. He's not making it easy for them to catch. Um but he, he, you know, Najee Harris had four targets. Uh Fryer-Muth had nine targets. So he's, Claypool had eight. When you throw the ball 44 times, lots of guys can get a, a piece of the offense. Um, but I think he's got to convert more. Even Harris, 17 for 65 on the ground. Overall, the team just needs to get more efficient. Um He needs to get a little deeper downfield. And I think some of that is all going to be dependent on, you know, can that offensive line start to gel like Cincinnati's offensive line has gelled. Um, And I don't know that they can because I don't know that they have the talent. Um, I don't think Kenny Pickett is a franchise changing quarterback. Uh, I think he's a, a middle of the road, a good quarterback He plays with Moxie, uh, but we've seen how that's worked out for Taylor Heineke
1: and uh, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, on the flip side, you know, this was a kind of a weird game. It was 16 to 10 at halftime. There was zero scoring from either team in the second half. Tua returning after missing a couple of games with concussion, 21 of 35, 261 yards of touchdown also had quite a few near misses, balls that were dropped by Pittsburgh defenders. Was it just some rust for Tua, or do you think this is maybe a little bit of a worrying sign? Uh, I think Tua
2: might have been a touch rusty, but he threw the ball like he always throws the ball. He's not afraid to make tight window throws despite the fact he doesn't have a very strong arm. Um, he, He is going to put the ball in precarious positions, and he's got guys that are going to make plays between Hill and Waddle and Gesicki uh, and Sherfield. even. Um, he's got some guys that get some stuff done. Heck, Raheem Mostert looks good in the passing game. I, I think my biggest concern is that um, eventually those Throws are gonna get caught up by the defense. He's gonna have a four-interception game. Um, it was disappointing. They, I mean, they came out smoking hot, and then they just that offense just died. It's like Pittsburgh figured it out, and so Mike McDaniel is gonna have to figure out how to adjust to the adjustments, or it's gonna end up, uh, you know, not everybody's going to have an offense like Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah. I mentioned, uh, you know, I think last Wednesday that we were not winning the primetime game lottery this week. And uh, we certainly have not won the primetime game lottery. We didn't win much of any lottery on week seven. Some, uh, some rough games out there, some rough games to watch. And you know what? We have to close it with bears Patriots tonight. So you're welcome America. I wish you hadn't reminded me that I'm unironically playing Taekwond Thornton. I have to go look. I think that's actually a game that's I could potentially win too. So now now I have to watch. Looks like Mac Jones is gonna play, so
2: he, Mac is playing.
1: Well, that'll wrap it up for us today. Matt and I will be back on Wednesday looking ahead to this week's Thursday night game, which I can't remember what it is right now, but I don't think it was incredibly impressive. That could basically sum up the entire Thursday night slate. Uh, Until then, Dennis, people will have plenty of time to do different things while the game is going on tonight. What's one of the things they should get out there and do?
2: Tonight is a beautiful opportunity to step away from the game a little bit. Go out and subscribe to the podcast, the Fantasy Football Roundtable. Give us a rating and a review. We certainly appreciate it. We're big in England. You know what?
1: Nothing's going to
0: I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump and leave. God, Oh, they tackle him in the corner. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. I can.